the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Today we continue in the season of Advent, but today the, the third Sunday in Advent, as we continue to reflect upon the, the, the theme of Advent that our Lord, the Lord who came in the manger, the Lord who continues to come to us today and will come again on the last day, he is the Lord who, who, brings, who brings light into our darkness. It's our Lord who is our, our hope in this hopeless world and is our peace amidst all the chaos of this world. And especially today, he is our joy, even in times when there is suffering and it seems like there will be joylessness. And so if you're, if you're keeping track of the Advent wreath here, we light the, the pink candle, a technical word is rose. Uh, so it, it symbolizes how even in the midst of the brokenness, amidst the darkness and suffering of this life, we have joy. So as we consider the, the Christian view of, of joy in the face of suffering, our gospel lesson this, this morning gives us John, John the Baptist, out in the wilderness. And if you notice in the gospel lesson, it introduces him in this very like unassuming, pretty basic way. There's no, there's no great adjectives describing John or great modifiers. It just says there was a guy sent from God, his name was John. You can't get more basic than that. There's a guy named John. He was out in the wilderness saying stuff. Because it, it wasn't about him. It's about what he was saying. It's about what he was pointing toward. As John himself said, he's the voice calling out in the wilderness, make, make ready the way of the Lord. So that theme of prepare, make ready, is always going along with the season of Advent as you see it like even on our, on our altar pyramids here, with prepare, make ready. So as we think about what it means for us to prepare for the coming of the Lord, to make ready, you can, might, might think about in your own life, like if you, had a, a, if you have family coming into town for Christmas, or throwing a Christmas party or something like this, what does it mean to make your house ready? What does it mean to prepare? It means to clean up, right? So you take all the, it's like the beginning of uh, is it Snow White and the Seven Drawers when they're like, the animals are dusting the house and they're like dusting all the dust under the mats. <laughs> you take all the kids' toys that are all over the house, you, you, you push them under the couch. You, you clean up, you take all the extra stuff, you put it in the back room where hopefully no one goes. You're, you're ridding the house of all the, of all the dirt. So is that, when we think about the analogy then, if we're making our lives ready, and you're making, you're preparing the way of the Lord in your life, does it mean that you are to rid your life of sin? If you're making ready the way of the Lord, you are cleaning up your life of sin. Well, if that's, if that's what it means, then that would mean you're, you're taking away the very problem that Jesus is coming to solve. If you were able to make ready your life by getting rid of all the sin, by removing from your life all the evil, then you wouldn't need Jesus at all, right? So to prepare the way of the Lord, to make ready the way of the Lord must mean something else. And that's exactly what John the Baptist is out in the wilderness doing. He's preparing the way by showing, by emphasizing, by, by shining a light on the great need of the Savior. 
So if you don't, if you don't realize that you have brokenness or that you have sin, if you don't realize that you need a savior, right? Then you want to appreciate it when, it when he comes. And so John's out in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord by declaring the great need, by showing the brokenness, by preaching repentance. And that also then is what continues to be what repentance means for you and me as our Lord comes to us with his word and shines a light on our sin, exposes our need for a savior, showing our brokenness and really emphasizing for us our darkness. Because I think very often in our lives, we don't even, we start to, maybe we've grown so, so accustomed to our, to this dark world that we don't realize that we're like the, Febreze commercials go, we're, we're nose blind to our own brokenness. We're so used to all the sadness and despair of this world. And so the Lord comes with his, with his word and reveals to us our darkness. Because as John says, he, John, is not the light, but he has come to bear witness to the light. Well, light is great news when you're in the darkness. So today, the gospel lesson has us reflecting upon what it means for us to be a people in darkness. What does it mean for us to be in the darkness? So what is, what is darkness? Simple enough, it's the absence, of, the absence of light, right? As the scriptures describe the darkness, the, maybe the most well-known place is in Psalm 23. I walk through the valley of the shadow the darkness of what? Death. So the darkness, the greatest perhaps, one of the greatest darknesses that we face in this life is the darkness of, of death and all the evil that goes along with it. So the sin that's in this world that causes our death, the, the sin that robs us of joy in our daily lives, the sins that we do to ourselves, that we're addicted to, the sin we bring to others, the shame that we know because of the sin that we've committed, the sins that are done to us that brings us shame. It just robs us of joy in daily life. The, the, this, our taking up the law as a way to try to think we're making God happy, but we end up judging one another and bringing, and bringing, a, bringing a sadness of, sadness of life to one another. This is the darkness that breaks into this life. One might argue that it's like when you think about what it means for, for somebody to be, a, to be afraid of the dark. I'll know about you, like when you go to the ocean, like the ocean is really pretty when you can see through the water. But the problem with, the, with especially the deep darkness of the ocean, you jump in that water, it can be kind of scary. It's not because the water is dark, but because due to the darkness, you can't see the gigantic shark that's only feet away from you, right? Or potentially could be there. The problem with the darkness is the unknown of what could be in the darkness, the uncertainty. So when you go outside in the dark, you don't know if you're gonna step in a hole or walk into a spider web, or you hear some noise in the bushes, you don't know what it is. And there's this, there's this fear that can come as your imagination runs wild because in the darkness, the uncertainty causes us fear. So we have uncertainty in this life, uncertainty about what's going to come tomorrow. And this causes anxiety. One of the greatest problems that we, we see today is the anxiety that, that our people face. What's going to come tomorrow? What's going to happen to my, to my body, my health, my loved ones, my, my job? 
what's going to happen to our country, and all this uncertainty about the future brings us anxiety, and that can cause despair. But the greatest uncertainty of all for the sinner would be this uncertainty of how God feels about me. How does God, how does God think about you? And so in our, in our flesh, we look at our lives and we start to think, what does, what does God think about me? And if you look at your life and you find there any, sorts of, any sort of suffering or, or lack, as death breaks in or the diagnosis comes, suffering comes to you or your family, brokenness in our relationships, we see our lives and we might start to think, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe God is in fact angry with me. Because when I look at my life, all I, all I can see is the darkness, the brokenness of this world. And I might, I might conclude that God is angry with me. At the very least, I am uncertain about what God thinks about me. And that's the greatest despair of all. Because to be uncertain about what God thinks about me creates even greater fear in the face of death, doesn't it? What's going to happen when I die? I mean, isn't that behind, what's behind the fear of death itself? is a lack of faith that there is a God at all. I'm just gonna die and turn into nothing like the evolutionists say. Or that when I die, I could go to hell and face eternal judgment because I had done something wrong, that God's angry with me. If I'm unsure about what God thinks about me, then I have great fear of death and of life. So into our uncertainty, the, the uncertainty of the darkness of this world, Jesus is the light. The light and the darkness, that's the picture that the gospel is giving you today. For Jesus to be the light that scatters the darkness. And it, and it is a small light, but a, a little light goes a, a long way. Like if you ever, like for me, I like it to be pitch black dark to sleep well, but you get like a rechargeable toothbrush that blinks. So every time like the light, it's like a airport runway in the bathroom wall, wall, like keeping you awake. A little light scatters the darkness. And so it is for the Lord Jesus that scatters the darkness of our uncertainty. It's this, that we can be certain how God feels about us. You can know for sure that God loves you because Jesus is born in the manger. That's the, the picture of Christmas is God sending his son to be born in this world, a man like us, precisely so that he could die for us. It's the only reason he had to be born. He had to become flesh like us to die the, the death that we have to face on the cross. So we know we can be certain about God's, about God's stance toward us. We know that he loves us because Jesus was born and that he would go to the cross, that he would die. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. We know God's love for us by the death of Jesus on the cross for us. He is with us in this life, even in our suffering. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. He has joined himself to you in holy baptism and has promised to be with you in the darkness. So we're able to, on this third Sunday of Advent, the Pink Candle Sunday, we're able to rejoice, which is as our, our epistle lesson today, the first, the first phrase of our epistle reading is rejoice always. Now, rejoicing is easy. Rejoice sometimes is easy, but rejoicing always always includes when the diagnosis comes, right? 
always includes when the last breath comes, the, the hard times, when the darkness starts to break in. That's always. And so the Christian has to understand rejoicing, not necessarily rejoicing at all things, but we are able to rejoice in the midst of all things. That even in the face of death itself, we know that our Lord Jesus is our light in the darkness, that he has become man so that he could die for us, to even undo the greatest power in this darkness is death itself. He has undone the power of death, and so we need not fear. We need not be uncertain about God or how he feels about us because he is our light in the darkness. So as Psalm 23 puts it, though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because he is with us. Our Lord of light is with us in the darkness. So when you're outside in the dark and you have a flashlight, you're not as worried about stepping in a hole because you can look at the hole. You can see, you can shine a light in the bushes and, and point out that there's not a monster in the bushes. You're not going to run into the spider webs because you can see it. So to have Jesus with us as our light in the darkness causes the fear of uncertainty of God to scatter. So we can this day rejoice that our Emmanuel, God, is with us, especially in our trials, that we know that he loves us and has overcome all the evil that would attack us, especially death itself. Let that be your joy this Advent and eternally. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand for prayer.